Let them eat cake with Lady Red Velvet. She's no lady. She's a beast. Welcome back to episode two of season two of Let Them Eat Cake. Well, today it's all about the 1980s. And we're going to focus on being an 80s child or a child of the 80s. So I was born in 1978. So even though I was born in the 1970s, my childhood and all my childhood memories are from the incredible 1980s. And the other day I was thinking about what it was like growing up without mobile phones, without social media, without particularly having computers that were any good without having uh, the internet, of course. And what I thought about for today's podcast would be focusing on what we actually did uh, without all of those things. Because today life seems so dominated by these different aspects that we have in our lives that it seems almost we can't live without, that we use every day. Uh, And it almost seems impossible to think, how could we live without them? But we did, and we did it really well. And I have to say, growing up in the 1980s was something really amazing. And for me, I'm very, very, very glad I did not have all of the things that children have access to today. I'm not sure it would have particularly been very good for me. Um... So I'm going to focus on some of the aspects of what it was like to be a child in the 1980s. Now, I'm sure some of my listeners were also children of the 1980s, so I'm sure you'll be able to relate to much of this. But uh, hopefully, also, I have some listeners that might be looking back thinking, oh, my goodness, what was it like? So I'm going to reveal all. So, just to give you a little bit of background, um, I have an older sister, Susie, who is three years older than myself. So, she is definitely a child of the 80s as well. And my brother, Edward, is three years younger than me. So, he was born in 1981. So, again, he would be a child of the 80s growing up during that decade and having many wonderful memories. So a lot of my memories are shared with both of them because we played together and a lot of the time we spent certainly after school and at the weekends was was the three of us together, the three amigos. So first of all, I'm going to talk about toys now. Toys in the 1980s, there were some amazing ones that, of course, are still around today. They're super popular. For example, Lego. My goodness, my brother and I absolutely loved Lego. And being three years younger than me, uh, my brother found it sometimes difficult to follow the instructions to make some of the Lego toys. So I was always the one that did the building. Um... Once it was built, then we played equally. 
uh, and he was good at playing games, so I enjoyed playing Lego with my brother. But I remember I was the I was the brains behind it, the one that did all the making, followed the instructions. And we had Lego pirate ships, we had Lego police station, we had um, all kinds of different Lego communities and, and aspects that we combined together. And I think the wonderful thing and the reason Lego is still so popular today is that even though you have different sets from outer space or pirates or Aztecs or uh, ninjas, you can combine them all together in these sort of fantasy adventures, a bit like they've shown in the recent Lego movies that were so creative and fun. Um, And my favourite character was actually a chef who I called Bella Lasagna after a character in the TV series, the cartoon Fireman Sam, which was a bit like Postman Pat. (laughs) And in Fireman Sam, they had an Italian uh, chef called Bella Lasagna. And for some reason, I was just obsessed. So Bella Lasagna was always my go-to character. Bella Lasagna. And she would take on the police, she would take on pirates, she would take on uh, robbers, and she was always the one who saved the day. And my brother was happy (laughs) to play along with this, this character, which was amazing. We used to make spaceships and go out into outer space and these kind of pirate boats that were like mashed up again with like sci-fi elements and space elements and Bella Lasagna was always there so she is a firm uh, part of my childhood Um, I wish I'd kept her but I'm sure I can build a new one because Lego have all of these amazing items and they still have uh, I think loads of the characters from the the, all their time through um, making the toys so Lego was a huge part of it my sister didn't really join in but I do remember once I had literally spent the whole day or maybe two days building this Lego castle it was amazing I think it was our most expensive piece of Lego we'd been given for Christmas and I'd finally finished it and then my sister came along and she said I'm Godzilla And she came in and smashed the whole thing down. This was on one of the rare occasions. We normally got on very well as as three uh, brothers and sisters, but occasionally she would, yes, be the, the big bully. And on that occasion, she absolutely destroyed it. And I remember I was crying and she was like, rah! Oh, my goodness. We still talk about it today. So you can see it's one of those childhood memories that stay with you. One of those core memories like they have in the film um, Inside Out. Um, Something else my brother and I loved playing with was, was Star Wars, the Star Wars figures. We were absolutely obsessed with Star Wars and we still are huge fans. And my brother has passed that fandom onto his children as well, which is so nice. Um, so we grew up watching Star Wars and we had all of the Star Wars figures. And now I regret <coughs> selling them in my probably late 20s we sold them I think on eBay probably for a giveaway for what they would be but they were well played with I have to say they they were not in prime 
condition. They were never kept in boxes. We did keep boxes, which were very battered. We had everything. We had all the ships. We had Jabba the Hutt. We had the Ewok village. Um, My brother was always the baddies. Uh, He was always the baddies. I was always the goodies. And again... (laughs) You can tell I was going to be a little bit different. Uh, This is maybe where my creativity comes from. Um, I was the goodies, but I was never the expected goodies. So I wasn't um, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, even though I did love them. And from my previous podcast, I have talked about Carrie Fisher and being obsessed with Princess Leia and and still am, uh, still are. But um, my two go-to characters that always saved the day were C-3PO and R2-D2. Ooh, C-3PO, R2! Um, Absolutely loved them. And again, my brother was kind of willing to go along with it. He never thought it was silly or or anything. He always was quite happy for R2-D2 and C-3PO to be the heroes of the hour and always defeat Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers. And again, we spent ages in our bedroom, in our house, in the garden, constructing these little areas for them to play in, coming up with these ingenious stories. I think the creativity is probably where I get a lot of my ideas from. In Even today, doing my shows, this sense of imagination and using what we had and some of the limited resources we had and I think that's always stayed with me. And that's obviously why I come up with these mashups of drag shows which combine different characters and, and sometimes having the hero of the hour as the unexpected character. And I think that is very special for me and obviously something I've held on to. Um, probably my favourite toy and I'm really tempted to buy a new one actually. I'm tempted to go on Amazon and go to a toy shop and see. I know they still are around and that's a Care Bear. So I was obsessed with Birthday Bear the yellow one with a cake on it. He was always the slightly greedy one, the one who liked his food which is very much like me And um, I remember one Christmas, I really wanted this toy. And my mum, bless her, had gone out, bought me a Care Bear, brought it home and was about to wrap it up for Christmas when my sister said, Mum, apparently, Mum, this is not birthday bear, that's that's tender heart. And so my mum, bless her, had to go back to the shops, Gamley's toy shop, on Christmas Eve and swap it, exchange it for the bear that I wanted. So I'm very thankful for my sister for that. And for many years, I would absolutely love a birthday bear. Again, my sister could be quite beastly. And growing up, when when we had arguments, her go-to form of attack was to grab my birthday bear and chuck it out the bedroom window. Sometimes we would even preempt this and run into the garden, which, of course, encouraged her to throw it out the window even more. Oh, she was a beast. A beast! Maybe that's where I get my slogan from, very much after my sister Susie, who I absolutely love and adore, but, oh, we do laugh about it. She had Friend Bear, which was this lovely sort of 
peach-coloured bear, I remember that. I think I tried to throw it out the window once and she pinched my arm so badly that I never, ever, ever did it again. Um, So those were some of the toys that I love. I also remember once I really wanted a My Little Pony, a My Little Pony called Applejack. And I never really got into My Little Pony. My sister did. She had all of... Not all of them, but she had a lot of them. My sister loved horses and grew up horse riding, cleaning out one of the local stables so she could afford to go horse riding. We never had much money growing up. Never come from a family of lots of money, so we always had to save up, save up our pocket money. I remember my mum and dad scrimping and saving to get us things and really really trying hard and I remember my sister the only way she could afford horse riding is if she volunteered her hours of clearing out the horses of looking after them and she would do that and she worked really hard and she loved horses so I remember playing with her sometimes with her My Little Pony. I had to be very careful with them under supervision for my three-year-old <laughs> older sister um And I remember going to the shops and really being discouraged to buy it. I think it was, at those days, certainly something you were... I remember the phrase, oh, my goodness, that's that's really puffy, that's really gay. And kids at school would certainly not think it was appropriate. And I think I bought one uh, that I was really proud about buying. I did, like, traditional boy toys as well. I liked the Transformers, I liked Mask... Um, I like these little action toys. I, I like playing with them all, really. So I would encourage, if you've got children today, whether it's boys or girls, let them play with whatever they want to play with and let them enjoy it and have that imagination. And I think that's what I would really encourage. That's why, as a school teacher, I encourage children to to play dressing up, to experiment, and it, it doesn't matter... Uh, who they are or what they want to do. It's, at the end of the day, just a game, a toy, and I think they should be allowed to experiment and and enjoy the different types of toys and games that are out there, not be restricted to what society thinks is a boy's toy or a girl's toy. Um, movies. We, of course, didn't have Netflix or anything that you could just switch on. We had our four basic channels, BBC One, BBC Two, ITV and Channel Four. And I remember Channel Four, our signal was always really, really dodgy on the aerial. So I think we were more limited to three channels. And occasionally when a a movie came along, we would record it on a VHS. And so all of our movies that we had because again we didn't have a lot of money to buy movies or videos I think to buy a video was probably about 13 pounds or something which was a lot of money back then but I do remember you could record things off TV so the first time I saw Star Wars was not in the cinema I wasn't old enough then but was on TV but my goodness that VHS got so many plays the Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Oh, we watched them time and time again. Uh, Flash Gordon, The Goonies. Amazing, amazing movies. We absolutely loved them. And again, we'd watch them as a whole family, but my brother, my sister and I especially enjoying them. Um, On 
the odd occasion when a new movie came out. We did go to the cinema a few times, I do remember. I think my first movie in the cinema was Bambi, which I love because uh, my best friend now here in Barcelona is called Bambi, uh, which I, I love that connection. Um, a lot of the Disney movies, The Jungle Book, I remember seeing Care Bears, the movie, so, some great cartoons as well. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid. Um, but I remember we used to go to like a blockbuster video. Our one in our village was not a blockbuster video, but it was a video rental shop. Now, this was always a bit of a challenge because you've got to imagine you're entertaining three children of slightly different age, ages uh, and a mum and a dad and finding a movie together was, was, was challenging. So we'd all go along and mum, she didn't mind what we chose. So it was trying to convince dad of our choice. And um, my brother would normally go for something a bit more violent, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. If it had Arnold Schwarzenegger, he would love it. I remember with him, we would watch Predator and Commando and... Uh, Terminator and he would happily watch all of these I would watch through my fingers like this sort of thinking oh my god this is so violent but kind of kind of enjoying it I used to hide on the gory bits um, but normally we would go for more of a family friendly movie but occasionally <laughs> we because you could only read from the kind of the blurb on the back I remember once my dad selected one for us that he thought was going to be a bit like Greece, and we loved Greece. And we, we, I remember he said, "Oh, it's got music on. It's kind of 1950s, 1960s." So we got it home, put it in, and it was called Lemon Popsicle. Well, Lemon Popsicle turned out to be a bit soft pornish. <laughs> And I remember putting it on and my mum, after about 15, 20 minutes, was like, uh, no, no more, turn this off, that's not appropriate for anyone. So we still, to this day, tease my dad when he, he, he says, oh, I've got a good video or DVD for us to watch this Christmas. And we say, oh, no, it's not Lemon Popsicle, is it? Um, actually, I need to look it up and see what kind of movie it is. Probably wasn't as bad as we thought, but I remember at the time there were there were titties, there were boobs on show, um, and that was not appropriate for a family movie. Um, oh, music. Now, I have had other podcasts where I've talked about music, so you all know that I'm a huge Madonna fan, Kylie, Bette Midler, Cher, Roxette. Um, but, of course, listening to music, my way of listening to it was cassettes. And if I could afford an album with my pocket money, I would do, but that would be less rare. So normally it was a single, which cost about £2, I think. And you've got, of course, two tracks on it. You've got the A side and the B side. And I remember this was important for the charts because the single chart was... You know, your major number one single and there wasn't any airplay or um, uh, like streaming so it came down to what you bought so I remember that was super important and I remember also 
buying it and putting it in the, my um, Walkman. I had this lovely yellow Walkman with the foam, um, like uh, headphones, and listening to it, especially if we went on a car journey. If we went on a car journey anywhere, I took it with me and plugged myself in and listened to my music, and especially Voxette, which I absolutely adored. I was so lucky to have seen them while lovely Marie Fredrickson was still alive. Um, bless her. Uh, amazing voice, amazing songs. And I remember that, of course, every now and then you would put it in the cassette player and the tape would go... And it would wind up and it would all screw up all of the tape and you had to get it out and pull it out really gently and use a pencil or a biro to wheel it back in. Oh, my goodness, what kids are missing out on these days? <laughs> um... Another thing was playing outside. My goodness, I, I'm, I'm sure kids still play outside. Um, but back in the 1980s, when uh, you didn't have a choice of, uh, of so many toys or things to watch on TV or computer games or inside things, uh, playing outside was a huge part of growing up. And no matter what weather, especially being from the UK, from being from... Um, from England, where it rains an awful lot. Uh, no, you were told, put your coat on, out you go, you're fine. Put your boots on, put your wellies on, out you go, you're fine. And even today, I know at schools, kids go out. Whereas living in Barcelona, Spain, I certainly know that uh, when it rains a little bit, the kids will often be playing indoors or go indoors. But no, we had to put our big coats on, Get your boots on, out you go. <laughs> my mum would be like, let me have some room. I want to get on with my jobs, out you go. And I remember my brother uh, and myself especially would play in the garden. We were lucky. We grew up with a lovely big garden at Alpine Cottage and we would make camps and we had um, garden, we had a front garden and a back garden and pathways the whole way around the house. So you could run the whole way around the house. And so for hide and seek or for chasing games was amazing because there wasn't like a block end where you got cornered into. You could keep going round and round and spy on them. And there were places where there were trees in the bottom of the garden. We made our camps and we made like mud pies and you could get dirty, and oh, it was super fun. Uh, absolutely loved playing outside. And then the other amazing thing, behind my mum and dad's house, and I still, every, every time I go back, I must go for a walk there. It's called the Sullington Warren National Trust Woodland. And so my mum and dad actually have a gate that opens up into National Trust Woodland, acres and acres and acres and I don't even need to you just go out the gate and it was absolutely amazing we had such a lovely childhood growing up um, there was this one tree particularly we loved to climb and it had all these branches that forked out of it and they got each one got slightly higher and higher and higher and it was the perfect climbing tree absolutely amazing and again my brother and I would play Star Wars but without the figures we became the characters so we would hide in the ferns which were there and there were little areas with pools and water that you could jump jump around 
and it was uh, and they had pine cones. Oh my goodness! You can see I'm I'm going back into my happy place, into my childhood, and these wonderful pine cones that were so good. And I remember with my brother and sister that you could throw them, and if they hit you, it wasn't going to be super hard. So you threw these pine cones for different games. Absolutely loved it. And in this um, in the Warren, there were two hills uh, that. Well, actually, there are uh, Bronze Age burial mounds uh, from very, from you know from Bronze Age times, <laughs> a long time ago. But they're they've not got treasures or anything, so they're not protected. You can walk up them and things. They've got these mounds, and um, what was amazing is we called them the volcano. So you could have all these wonderful fantasy games, a bit like Willow, we watched as a movie, which is now a TV series that I've recently enjoyed. And again, had all these memories coming back from my childhood. So we would play all these wonderful games together and make up these stories, which we loved. Um, sometimes we'd go out on our bikes and growing up in the 80s, oh my goodness, the BMX bikes were the things to have. Um, and we would go out on our bikes and again go round towards the Sullington Warren. You couldn't go in with your bike, but there were different places we could go round in the neighbourhood. And again, it was quite safe on the roads usually. So it was a real, real great experience. And that we were influenced by Nicole Kidman's very first movie called BMX Bandits. Oh, it's a gem. It's an Australian movie. And there were characters called PJ and Goose. I think that's right. And my brother and my sister and I would be like the BMX bandits, cycling around, doing little jumps off the curve. Um, I myself, for cycling, probably the only child in the world to ever fail their cycling proficiency test, which is so embarrassing. Um, basically, um, because I was older than my year group I was in. I was kept down a year in primary school because I had swapped schools and there was only a space in the year below. So they put me into this. So I was, I was a year older than the rest in primary school, which I loved because I was the eldest. Um, but um, when it came to doing things like tests and that, I would have to do the year above, even though I hadn't really studied it or anything. So I did my cycling proficiency test with the year above. And um, I failed it because I remember a kid said to me, just as I was about to start, he said, oh, look out because they have someone that jumps into the road in this part, by this pathway. So I kind of preempted it. And before the person jumped out, I suddenly stopped my bike and they failed me for stopping inappropriately in the middle of the road. What a wally. I'm the only child probably in the world to fail their cycling proficiency test. Oh, how embarrassing. Um, well, anyway, there we go. Um, so I grew up a child of the 80s with no social media, no mobile phone, basic computer. At school, we had a BBC computer that I don't really remember what it could do. I think it took 10 minutes to start up. You had these floppy disks. I think we did some spellings on it with like these letters that came down a bit like Tetris. We'd put them in the right place. At home, I remember being so excited when my dad came back with a second-hand Atari ST computer. 
my brother, sister and I were just like over the moon. It was on Christmas morning. Bless him, he had gone out, he had seen advertised in the local newspaper someone was selling it secondhand. And he disappeared on Christmas morning, which was so unusual. We were like, where's that gone? Where's that gone? And he came back with this computer for us, which was just like the most exciting thing ever. Had a joystick. And again, it took like five minutes to upload games, but but we loved it. We absolutely loved it. Um, but again, it didn't take over our lives. Uh, maybe that Christmas it did, but after that we had all of the joys of these un- other wonderful things. Uh, I've not even gone into some of the wonderful cartoons we used to watch and the foods. Oh, maybe I'll have to have 1980s Child Part 2 where I talk about food and cartoons and other parts of culture. Anyway, I've thoroughly enjoyed sharing all of that with you. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you're a fellow child of the 80s, I hope you've been taken down memory lane. And if you're not, if you think the 1980s is decades ago and you're a a 2000s baby, well, I hope you enjoyed finding out about what it was like to grow up in a wonderful decade. Anyway, um, as I always say, um, Enjoy yourselves and remember, if anyone's being unkind to you or you're having a bad time, just say my catchphrase. Kaya te puta. See you next time.